The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I've got Dr. Sam Ellis. She is a board-certified dermatologist, and we are talking all about retinol. What is retinol? When to use it? Why to use it? Who is it for? How to use it in your evening skincare routine and what products to pair with it? And I think you guys will find this episode so informational. I love this product and I love retinol. I've been using a retinol in my skincare routine for a decade now. I started using it in my 20s and I love it. And so we wanted to create one for ourselves at Summer Fridays. It's called Midnight Ritual Retinol. It's a renewal serum. This is a really highly effective yet gentle serum and it renews and restores your skin all night long. It's really going to help with your skin's tone and texture and it's also clinically tested for sensitive skin so if you're looking for something to help with fine lines discoloration and large pores then this is the product for you so you would use this in your evening skincare routine first you would cleanse the skin then you would use midnight ritual retinol and then follow up with your moisturizer and we talk all about retinol in this episode so if you guys want to know more about it definitely listen and it's available now at summerfridays.com and at sephora I hope that you guys love this product. It is so incredible. It's really a holy grail ingredient to incorporate into your skincare routine. It does so many great things for you. So if you guys want to learn more, keep listening to hear from Dr. Sam Ellis. So my first question is, what exactly is retinol? (laughs) That's a really good question. So retinol is one type of retinoid. So retinoid refers to this sort of umbrella category of multiple different molecules that all come from vitamin A. And then retinol is just one of those molecules that falls under that category. And retinol has lots of different uses, but it's primarily used in skincare to help with things like acne and anti-aging. And who is it for? Because I think it might be a little bit confusing. So I started using a product when I was in my early twenties, but I think people are like, how do I even know if this is something for me? Totally. And, you know, there's no perfect age of when to start using a retinol or a retinoid product. And I usually think of it as if you're using it for its anti-aging purposes around the mid twenties is a great time. We know that in our mid twenties, we stop making collagen as intensely. We might start to see the first signs of sun damage, like little sunspots or fine lines. And that can be a good time to start incorporating retinol into your routine. I mean, some kids start using a retinoid product when they're much younger for the treatment of acne, but again, they're using it for a different purpose. If you're thinking about it in an anti-aging capacity, mid twenties is a good time to think about it, though everyone ages differently. So it's never too early or too late to start using it because just because maybe you're a little bit older, it's not like, oh, I missed the boat in my 20s. It's too late for me to start now. Oh, absolutely not. I have tons of patients who start using a retinol product in their 50s or 60s, and they're still able to see great results. So it's definitely something that can be used through all, you know, ages and stages of life. Okay. So how does it work? (laughs) It's a good question. So Retinol is actually a hormone um, that's used in the skin. And essentially when it's absorbed into the skin, it turns on certain genes to be made in your skin cells that help with things like collagen production that help clear away old damaged elastin, which is another protein in our skin that gives our skin flexibility. But as we get older, it can accumulate in a damaged form and that can make our skin look dull or bumpy. And so it helps clear that out. And then it helps with things like formation of new healthy blood vessels. It also increases kind of the cellular turnover over the top layer of our skin so that our skin doesn't look as dull and it looks a lot brighter. 
I think those are all really great benefits that people can know. But if they're not really sure if they know this is for that for them and they're looking at their face in the mirror, what kind of signs or things or skincare concerns would be right for them to start using retinol? If I'm like looking in the mirror and I'm like, my face looks like dull or dry, or I, I'm starting to get fine lines and wrinkles, like how do they know to start using this? Literally any of those things would be a good sign. I really think of retinol and retinoid products as the holy grail gold standard of anti-aging skincare. So if you're seeing sallowness in your skin, if you're seeing dullness, if you're starting to see little brown spots or new texture on your face, those are all great things and can be helped by a retinol product. That's how I feel like for my skin. So I notice like if I skip a couple of nights or I'm not using it, or maybe I traveled and I forgot to keep it with me. I notice when I don't use it, my skin doesn't look as great. And then when I do, and I'm using it consistently, it helps so much. Even in the last few days, like I've had some blemishes and breakouts on like my cheek and on my chin. And by using it in those areas, it felt like it helped reduce the blemish and breakout. And then when it was turning into a dark spot, it was helping it fade. Absolutely. It's great for all of those things. And so I really think of these as like such universally beneficial products or a beneficial ingredient. And I essentially recommend it to every single person who feels like they're just starting to want to have better skin for any reason. Okay. So you mentioned the anti-aging part, but what does it do for acne and blemishes and breakouts? That's a good question. So Every acne bump starts as what we call a microcomedone, which is essentially an invisible clogged pore. And over time, that pore gets more clogged and then it gets inflamed and then it sort of ruptures or comes to the surface. And so what retinol does or what retinoids can do is multiple things. One, they help those skin cells that are plugging that pore become less sticky. So it helps them exfoliate out of the pore in a very kind of more normalized way. Retinols are also anti-inflammatory and a lot of people don't realize that they have an anti-inflammatory component to them. And then the final thing is they actually can help decrease the production of sebum or oil in the skin. So that's another thing that can contribute to acne. So it's really multifold in the way that they can be helpful. It really is so helpful. Like I feel like for me, it's like I want to use all of these different things, but sometimes like a retinol product really has been the best for any any blemishes and breakouts I have. And if you happen to get a blemish or breakout, what do you think is the best thing to do when it pops up? When it's, I know popping it is not the best thing to do. <laughs> yeah, we're all a little guilty of that though. Even as a dermatologist, I can say I've, you know, probably taken my pimples too far at one point or the other. But, you know, once a pimple comes to the surface, it's really at the end of its life cycle. And that's kind of the point I always want to make with my patients is when you're treating yourself for blemishes, you really are kind of treating the pimple that hasn't even come to the surface quite yet, but might be coming a week or two from now. Once it hits the surface of your skin, yes, exactly what you said. You want to keep your hands off of it. I usually recommend using like a little pimple patch or something like that just to act as a barrier a protective barrier really to remind you not to touch it. And then you want to continue with all your normal skincare. So you want to continue with the retinol that you're using or any exfoliants. You, you don't want to change it up just because you have a new pimple. And what are the different types of retinol and what does it mean? Because I know it's very overwhelming with all the information. Yes. So, you know, there's Retinol is a specific molecule and it exists at different potencies. So when brands formulate with retinol, they can put in different strengths of it. There are also something called retinol esters, which are sort of one step removed from a retinol product and are not quite as strong, but the benefit is that they are also not quite as irritating. And then you can go a step 
up from retinol and get into something called retinaldehyde. And then one more step up from retinaldehyde is something called tretinoin, which is prescription strength, which is a prescription strength retinoid essentially. And tretinoin is all over TikTok and I see it every single day. How do you know when it's time to move from maybe not as strong and not as irritating product to move yourself up to a tretinoin? I think one for sure, if you're, if you're using it in an acne capacity, absolutely. If you're getting, if you continue to get breakouts, that's definitely a reason to move into a prescription, you know, tretinoin product. And really that is what we use it mainly for in dermatology is to help with breakouts and to regulate that cellular turnover within the pore. Now, in terms of anti-aging, we used to say everyone should try to use tretinoin eventually, and maybe that is a great goal, but it's not realistic for a lot of people because tretinoin can be quite irritating for the skin. So if you're using a retinol product and you feel like your fine lines could be more optimal, your dullness could be better, it's not a bad idea to try tretinoin, but also just understand that it's okay if you don't tolerate it well. It's okay to still use retinol and you'll still get great results. And there's more and more data coming out about the benefits of retinol, even in comparison to tretinoin. Yeah. And even me, I've been a retinol user for 10 years and then I tried tretinoin and I felt like my skin was sensitized. I could use it. It was okay. And it just didn't work for me. And I kept trying it and then it didn't work and I'd go back and try it again. And I just felt like for me, it wasn't the product I wanted to use. And I was so bummed because I kept seeing like how incredible it was on TikTok. And now I love why there are so many, you know, variations of the product, whether you want something like a little less strong, that's not as irritating if you do have sensitive skin. Oh, absolutely. And I like say this because I also have very, I have very sensitive skin and I've been using tretinoin on and off throughout my career as a dermatologist. So, you know, over the last 10 years, I've tried it many, many times and sometimes it's worked well with my skin and sometimes I I just can't tolerate it. And now that I've been on camera more and I have more events that I go to, I actually don't want to take the risk sometimes of having a weird irritation reaction to my tretinoin. And so I've found myself using you know, over-the-counter retinoid products more and more often. Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. Whenever I like want to maybe grab for it again, I'm like, oh, but I have something next week and I don't want to risk my skin being being irritated. Yeah, you can't be, especially for me, I get a lot of peeling with tretinoin and, you know, it it doesn't matter how good your makeup artist is, it's not going to cover peeling skin. Yeah. So if you are a new to retinol person, you want to try this for the first time, maybe of sensitive skin, is over-the-counter a good a good place to start? Absolutely. I think that is a hundred percent, you know, usually where I recommend someone starting. And even when they're starting out, I tell them don't necessarily bring it into your routine every single night. I feel like sometimes we reach for a new product and we're so excited to see the results that we think more is better. But when it comes to retinol and getting your skin used to it, I usually recommend just using it a couple of nights a week to start and then slowly increasing to nightly use as tolerated. Yes, that's a great question. So if you're trying for the first time, what's a sample routine that you might say, like maybe one night a week at first and then try like alternate nights? Yeah, exactly. I think a good way to think of it is like one night a week for one week, two nights a week for two weeks, three nights a week for three weeks, et cetera, et cetera. It is a slow process, but I always try to remind my patients that the benefits that you're seeing from retinol, they're for the long haul. It's not about rushing to acclimate your skin. It's more about the fact that you want to take your time to get your skin acclimated so that you can reap the benefits of consistent retinol use over years and years. And then when you are starting out at the first time, why can it be drying or irritating to some people's skin? 
Yeah. So one of the things I mentioned before is that retinol increases cellular turnover. And so when you increase the speed of which your layers of skin are turning over, sometimes that happens faster than your skin is really prepared for. And so that can lead to peeling and stinging and redness and even burning sometimes. And over time, studies show that usually it takes about four to six weeks for your skin to get used to it. But I have found in my personal practice that it can take several months sometimes for patients to fully acclimate to a retinoid product. And if your skin is getting used to it and it is dry or irritated, what are some other types of products or ingredients that you think are good to use with your evening skincare routine to help fix that? So definitely some type of occlusive, thick, creamy moisturizer is great. You know, there are certain ingredients that I look for like Centella Asiatica and Basabalol, which help kind of smooth the skin and they help soothe it. Also, you know, some people want to say like, oh, you need to slug, which means, you know, bring in something really thick and heavy like Aquaphor or Vaseline. But sometimes that actually works against you because it isn't really supporting the skin as it needs to be supported. So I really like like a thick, creamy moisturizer. I, I really want to get into slugging because I keep seeing it, but I, my skin is very prone to being clogged. Like my, my pores will get clogged very easily if I use something that is a little bit too heavy for my skin. So is there an alternate to like slug, a slugging step basically, if somebody is maybe nervous about the same thing? I usually just say go with a thicker moisturizer and skip the slug. Or if you have a very specific area of irritation, maybe doing like a focused slug where you don't apply this thick product to your entire face, but you bring it in to just one or two areas that are particularly irritated. And I find with retinols and what the studies also show is people get the most irritation kind of around their mouth and nose area. I definitely feel the same way too. Like I felt like when I first would use something or I'm switching something and even just like in general, I feel like that's where my dry areas are. So I always like to have a little bit extra moisturizer in those areas. Yeah, totally. Sometimes I go in with two layers or I'll do my nighttime skincare routine with moisturizer, but then I keep a separate moisturizer by my bed that I'll put on right before I go to bed, just in the areas that need a little extra boost. Mm -hmm. In your evening skincare routine, what would be a sample routine that would be great for somebody if they're using retinol at night? So I usually, I mean, I'm a big fan of the double cleanse, meaning going in sort of with like an oil-based cleanser or a balm cleanser to sort of help remove your makeup and then going in more with like a jelly or water-based cleanser to do sort of a second pass. The big thing with using retinol is that your skin is going to be more sensitive. So whatever cleansing method you're using, you just want to make sure that it's gentle and that you're not doing some type of heavy exfoliation with cleansing your face. I see so many people wash their face and then they go in and they scrub their face dry with a towel. And that's a form of exfoliation that you really kind of want to avoid. So definitely a, like a gentle cleanse, pat your face dry, and then go in with your retinol. Now I usually recommend applying retinol to dry skin. There's some data to show that if you apply your retinol to wet skin, it's going to be a little bit more irritating for you. So if you can take a break for a few minutes and let your skin dry a little bit, the retinol is going to be better tolerated. And then I just go in with a nice thick moisturizer. When you're using retinol, you don't, you can keep it really simple. It's doing so much of the heavy lifting with rejuvenating your skin that you don't need to have 20 products in your routine necessarily. And then the exfoliation from the towel, I never thought about that being like a, an exfoliation step. And I know that we shouldn't also exfoliate at night with like a chemical or physical exfoliant the same night that we use retinol. Are there any other ingredients or products or steps that we should skip on retinol nights? No, that's really it. I really just think about avoiding anything that is irritating to your skin. So yes, like you mentioned, physical and chemical exfoliants, I usually say 
take a break. But beyond that, you should be okay. Now, there are some moisturizers that have certain ingredients in them that can cause a little bit of stinging to the skin if it's really sensitive. And what causes someone's skin to sting is going to be very different than someone else's. So it can take a little bit of trial and error in your routine to find a moisturizer that jives with your skin when it's a little bit irritated from retinol. And then obviously our evening routine is where we want to use our retinols. So at night we cleanse retinol moisturizer, but what can we do in the morning as part of our skincare routine to optimize the results that we're doing from our nighttime routine? You're totally right. I think of at nighttime we correct and in the morning we protect. So in the morning you can cleanse your face again if you want to, though it's totally reasonable to skip your morning cleanse and maybe just use a little bit of water to refresh your face. I then typically will recommend that you go in with some type of antioxidant. So vitamin C is usually my personal fave. Go in with some type of vitamin C product to help kind of protect your skin from both UV damage, but also sort of pollution and other insults it sees throughout the day. And then a moisturizer if your skin is feeling dry. So antioxidant, moisturizer, and then finish, of course, with sunscreen. That is the most important thing. If you do absolutely nothing in your morning skincare routine, sunscreen is a must. And I obviously love sunscreen and I love ours, but <laughs> I think people think about sunscreen as only being sun protection and they're like, okay, if I'm not out in the sun, I'm not doing this. I don't need this product, but it really is so important to the other skincare steps. And I think for me, one of the things that I learned early in my twenties was I was trying to get rid of hyperpigmentation and dark spots. I was using retinols. I was using exfoliants. I was using vitamin C's, all these things to brighten my skin. But then if I'm not using SPF, I'm not actually protecting my skin from those dark spots and pigmentation getting darker. So what are some of the other benefits or reasons why we should be using sunscreen in the morning? So exactly what you said, it protects against hyperpigmentation. And what I always try to remind my patients too, is you need such a small amount of UV exposure to stimulate pigment producing cells in your skin. So that is a huge one. Of course, there are these anti-aging benefits. So you want to protect because it helps you, reduces your risk of having things like fine lines and wrinkles. And I also think it's about forming good habits. So yes, you may not plan to be out in the sun that day, but you might have to do a quick walk from your car to the grocery store, or, you know, your car to a store, and you want to make sure that you're always protected. And if you have it, you know, there might be days where you put your sunscreen on and you truly didn't need it that day, but the vast majority of the time, it's going to be protecting you in a valuable way. It's really made such a difference in my skin. And I'm so glad that I learned this early on. And I actually love that in the last few years on social and specifically on TikTok, everyone's preaching the importance of sunscreen because now I really feel like people are using it at an earlier age and every single day. And I love to see it. Totally. I feel like when I started in my dermatology training, sunscreen was almost like a secret, like, oh, what's your anti-aging secret? And it's it's sunscreen. And now the fact that it's become so prevalent on social media, I, you know, there are a lot of bad skincare trends and advice that's given on social media, but the fact that sunscreen has become so popular makes me so, so happy. It makes me so happy. And that's how I feel about retinol too. So, you know, Summer Fridays just launched our brand new retinol. It's our midnight ritual retinol. And I'm so excited about this formula. So I wanted to get your opinion on why you think this formula is different or who you think it's for. Totally. I, you know, I really think this formula is so nice because it's a really gentle retinol. And I think one of the barriers to use of retinol is the irritation that can come, the risk of maybe some purging of the skin, which we can talk about. And this formula, one, is just 
it's a very luxurious experience. And I feel like sometimes when you're bringing something new into your routine, you need to be motivated to use it. So having a product that feels good on your skin, that has that kind of quality is really lovely. And then because it's such a gentle retinol, I think people are going to be able to tolerate it really well. And they're going to quickly be able to build it into their routine without some of the negative side effects that we see from retinol at higher percentage strengths or in formulas that aren't as cosmetically elegant. Yeah, that's what happened with Lauren. So my co-founder, Lauren, she had never really used a retinol in her routine. And then she went through two pregnancies somewhat close together. And so she really couldn't use it, obviously, all through pregnancy. And then when she came out of pregnancy, she really was like the best tester through this process. Because when we were formulating, she was like, okay, this is too irritating on my skin. And we got to this place where we felt like it was gentle yet effective. And that's really what we wanted to do with with this formula so that more people could use it, especially if they were first or new to retinol. Absolutely. And I think as a dermatologist too, I see so many patients with sensitive skin and they really struggle to find products that are gentle yet effective. So having more options for those types of patients is really amazing. And I know one of the scary things when you're starting retinol for the first time is this purging phase or this phase of like where you're trying to figure out what's going on with your skin. So what is purging and how do we know what a normal kind of phase is in this process? Yeah. So purging is sort of the concept that when you start a new product in your skincare routine that increases cellular turnover, whether it's a retinoid or some type of exfoliant, what can happen is those tiny microscopic acne bumps that we talked about earlier can start to make their way to the skin surface faster than they normally would. And so you might have more pronounced breakouts when you bring something like that into your routine. And purging can last usually anywhere from like two to six weeks, though it really varies on the individual and what product they're incorporating. But oftentimes purging will present as just new pimples, but in areas that you tend to break out. And then if you are new to retinol, you're using for the first time, what are some of like the short-term or immediate effects you can start seeing in your skin? And then what are some of the long-term goals that you might see as part of your you know, skin from using it? For sure. So I think, you know, short term and short means different things to different people. I think of short term as anything that you're seeing in the first few months of using it. And even in the first few weeks, it can be nice with retinol, but essentially your skin initially should look brighter. There should be fewer dark spots. It almost has like a more glowy appearance to it. And then the long-term benefits of retinol are really because you're building up collagen, which is the protein that supports your skin. It's what gives it all of its structure. And when you're building up collagen over time, and I'm talking months and years of use, your skin stays thicker, it's more bouncy, and it has fewer fine lines and wrinkles. All of these sound like all the things that I want to happen in my skin. A hundred percent. And it's really like all of these things I want to use together, but it's made such a difference. And, and I want to know what your midnight rituals are and like what your evening routine and skincare routine are. Oh, that's so funny that you ask because I have a 10 month old son and I would have said, you know, 10 months ago, actually not 10 months ago because my skincare routine totally fell apart when I was pregnant because I was exhausted. But I would say that before I had my son, it was a much longer, more involved routine. I really took time out of my day to do it. And then right when I had my son, I changed it. And I was like, I need like the fastest, most effective thing I can do. And so it's actually kind of funny that we're talking about retinol because I literally was like, all I need to do in the evening is cleanse my face, get my retinoid product on, and I will be satisfied with that skincare routine. I think now I also do things like I have my little red light LED mask that I like to lay with for 10 minutes before I go to sleep. And I really like 
to do the crossword puzzle with my husband, which I don't know if that makes me sound so lame, but it's part of our, uh, it's not a midnight routine. It's like a 9.30 PM routine, but it's made it in there. (laughs) I love it. That's me with Wordle every day. I still play Wordle every day and it's like, I get so excited to do it. And it's like just part of my routine and my ritual, like the things that I like to do. And it's like, I love that. Do your crossword. My dad is 85 and he does the crossword every single day and he's so quick and like very smart. And I think it's because he's done the crossword every day for as long as I can remember. And I think it keeps his mind sharp to have to think through these brain word activities every day. Oh, absolutely. And I love that you're also a Wordle fan. And I'm actually really glad that Wordle is just like one option per day and I couldn't play it indefinitely because I definitely would. I love it. I'm happy that it's one word. And I also love the community around it because it feels like we're all playing the same word and we're all doing the same thing together. And so I love doing it with like my friends and family and we send each other the results every day. it's it's very fun to do. Oh yeah, you you got to brag if you get it in like two or three. <laughs> I do want to know what led you to becoming a dermatologist. So I've always kind of had an interest in skin. I remember the first time I even thought about being a dermatologist was my best friend's dad had this big cyst on his back and all I wanted to do was pop it. And he's like, you should be a dermatologist. And I literally had never even thought about that as a job. There aren't you know any doctors in my immediate family. And I have always loved science and teaching. So when I was in college, I that's when I decided I wanted to be a physician. But for the longest time, I thought I was going to be an OBGYN because I really am passionate about women's health. But as I was going through my training, I spent some time with dermatologists and I really loved that they got to see these really sick patients who are hospitalized because of their skin disease, but that they also got to see really healthy patients who have a very specific skin concern. So I always thought that was really fascinating. And it's also sort of like a puzzle. You know, people have something going on on their skin and you have to think, is this exclusive to the skin? Do they have something internal that's manifesting on their skin? So it's just been a really good intellectual exercise to be a dermatologist. And then I also love that people can see their condition. So they're very motivated to treat it. It's so much easier when your patient is just as motivated as you are to get their skin condition under control. And I think a lot of times people might be looking for a skincare expert and they don't know if they're supposed to go get a facial, they go to an esthetician, or is it something you go to a dermatologist for? So how do you know who to go for and when? I think if you have a skin disease, whether that's acne, rosacea, irregular pigmentation that feels like it came out of nowhere, I think starting with a dermatologist is a great first step because we are diagnosticians. We can help diagnose a skin issue with you, a skin disorder, if that's what's going on. And then there are plenty of patients who come to me who maybe just want a skincare regimen or something like that. And we can talk about it, but that's often one I will refer on to an esthetician. I think estheticians are great. They know a lot about skin care. And so if someone doesn't have a distinct dermatologic disease, or of course they don't have a cosmetic issue that they want me to intervene upon, then referring them to an esthetician is kind of the place to go. But if you have like true acne, I would start with a dermatologist. Okay. That's really good advice. And and I think there are so many skincare rules. And when we see all this information online and on social, how do we know what information is good? (laughs) You have to be a dermatologist to filter through it. It's, 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 It's hard. It's really hard to know 
who to trust. I think, you know, looking to board certified dermatologists can be helpful because we have very rigorous training and the training is standardized. So every dermatologist has to be trained in certain things. And so there's this sort of foundation of knowledge that's there. It's not to say that other skincare experts on social media don't have a lot of expertise, uh, but their credentials can really range. I think that that's really helpful. And then I always feel the same way as like, if something is working for me in my routine, it's okay to keep doing it. So if like my skin looks great. It's reacting well to these certain things, even if there's like a skincare rule, because some people, let's say it's fragrance and skincare. And if your skin can tolerate it, then great. Even though another account may say like, don't use fragrance in your skincare. So I kind of go with the rule of like, if it's working for me and my skin looks great, then I'm just going to keep doing this thing because everyone's skin is different. Absolutely. If it's not broke, you don't need to fix it. And I have so many patients who come into my office whose skin was doing great. And then they start following some type of random skincare trend, or they eliminate a bunch of products because they think that's the rule around skincare. And then their skin starts to change and evolve in a way that they're not happy with. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that, that if it works for you, it's okay. There's so much nuance to it and you have to do what works for you. And if you want to try a new product out, what's the best way that you can either see if a product works for you without causing irritation or breakouts? So if you're super patient, you can do something called a repeat open application test or a rote test where you take a little bit of the product and you apply it to your inner arm once or twice a day for a couple of weeks. Now, most people do not have the patience to test a product like that. So I usually recommend that if you're bringing something new into your routine, it's the only thing that you bring into your routine for two weeks. And you kind of give it, get a sense of how your skin does from there. But if you're worried about it, like it's an exfoliant or something like that, you can test it on another part of skin that's not your facial skin just to get a sense of what's going on. Because if it irritates skin that's not on your face, it's much more likely to irritate your facial skin. Yeah, I definitely learned this lesson very early on in my days of influencing because I would get so many products sent to me and I would get really excited and I would try a bunch of products all out at the same time and it would cause irritation or a breakout and I wouldn't know which product it was coming from. So now I've learned, okay, I need to just try one thing at a time so I can really narrow it down if there happened to be an issue. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people have the misconception that if they use a product and then their skin is fine the next day, then they're totally good to go. But a lot of products that you use can cause a breakout or something like that a week or two after you've used it. And so really kind of spacing out introducing those new products is helpful, though not ideal and not always easy to do is what I meant. Like I've definitely broken that rule many times, but I often regret it. You know, I got like really excited and I want to try a bunch of different things, but especially like in formulation for us, like I really need to be mindful of one product at a time so I can see the results or if there's something we want to change with it. Like I really have to be very simple with the products that I use, but that also goes for my makeup. So I think when people are applying skincare, they're taking such good care, AM and PM, and then they're using makeup products that might not work well for their skin and they're applying it to their entire face. Are there certain ingredients or things you think we might need to avoid or we should look at when it's looking at makeup products? You know, it's really tricky because you know, 20 years ago when they formulated a lot of makeup products, they used a lot of different oils that may, might be more what we call comedogenic or pore clogging. And these days, I think people are more mindful of that. And a lot of the makeup is considered what we call non-comedogenic or non-pore clogging. And that being said, sometimes the combination of ingredients can still cause problems for certain people. So I typically recommend that you just try something and see how it does. There are certain things you can kind of keep an eye out for, but in reality, those problematic ingredients have been taken out of the vast majority of formulations. So now if a product is breaking you out or it's not agreeing with you, you kind of have to take a break from it and then 
work backwards to find out what within that product is really problematic. What is your must-have AM skincare product? Oh, that is so, I mean, sunscreen, obviously. Okay. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay. Sunscreen. And then PM? A retinoid. Absolutely. (laughs) And then a skincare tip that maybe isn't around a product, but something you think we should be doing every day. I think that you should be wearing some type of like sun protective gloves if you're driving long distances in the car. Ooh, I definitely need to start doing that. I've like seen other people do it. I'm like, I need to just keep them in my car because I see those pictures of like the truck driver, the driver driving in the car and like the damage it does to your skin. So that this is a very good tip. Yeah. Your, your, your hand skin really catches up to you. You don't think about it until one day you look down and you go, yikes. Oh, that makes me ask another question too. Like, do you think that we should be extending all of our skincare down to our neck? Yes. And onto your hands and even onto like your decollete. Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, where can everyone follow you so we can continue learning from you? So I have a YouTube channel, Dr. Sam Ellis, as well as my Instagram, which is at Dr. Samantha Ellis or at Dr. Samantha Ellis. And it's that same handle on TikTok at Dr. Samantha Ellis. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.